0: If you've got your Bibles, turn to me, Ezekiel chapter 37, Ezekiel chapter 37. I want to talk to you this morning on this thought about, Lord, revive us again. Revive us again. As long as I have known, we have talked about revival. I was brought up in the church, and we talked about revival when I was a kid. We used to have those long revivals. Anybody, anybody remember that? When you said revival, sometimes they would go a week to maybe six, seven months. I don't know. How many of you remember, even at this church, back in 1998, I believe it was, when we first moved over here in January, we had a little weekend get-together with, uh, with uh, Sister Linda Brewer and Sister Glenda Johnson for a women's conference, a little three-night, uh, supposedly, revival. Ended up being an eight-month revival for our church. God done some amazing things. I, I think about that time often, and I wonder, Lord, how in the world did we do that? Really? How did we do that for several months before, we, before we'd sort of change some of the days of taking a break? We had every night we would have service. And this building would be packed, and God would do some miraculous, wonderful things. Matter of fact, some of you that knows this is what I'm talking about, you were here as a teenager. And you remember, even as a young person, God would minister to the teenagers and our youth and God would do some amazing extraordinary supernatural things in our midst. It was one of those moments that we would never forget about if you if you was here. You know what I'm talking about, you'll never forget about it. But I read uh, uh revivals in the past of of how God touched in miraculous ways and done some things that sort of unprecedented in our in our time that was that was amazing that how God showed up and and he shook the nation. He shook the uh communities that we were living in. And as long as the church is on planet earth, we, I feel like that we really do, we need seasons of revival. We need seasons of revival. Now, don't misunderstand me and don't don't get mad at me when I'm saying this. You cannot live, spiritually I'm talking about, on revival alone. You can't do it. You can't live on the shout alone. And I know I say that often, but I love the shout. I love the, I love the Holy Ghost. I love the Spirit of God just coming in and, and just taking over a service. But I also have lived long enough, Sister Jeanette, to know. I can't live on that all the time. My relationship with the Lord has got to be of such that I'm going to stay there even in the storm. Let me see a show of hands. How many of you have ever been through a storm before, a spiritual storm, a conflict? We all have. But my walk with God has got to be of such that I'm not going to be swayed by that storm. My walk with God has got to be of such that when the winds come of adversity and the floods come in and try to drown me that I'm still going to stand firm in my walk with Almighty God. Amen. But I love seasons of refreshing. I love seasons of revival. I told you this last Sunday, and I'm going to tell you this morning. I honestly believe that we're in one of those seasons today in the church world. Not just necessarily in our church. We've experienced that since the beginning of the year. But I believe we're in a season of revival. I believe we're in a season of seeing God do some things that we've not saw him do in in, in later years. Where waves of blessing are coming into us. Where his touch revives his people. Where his touch restores his people. Where his touch makes us alive again. Where his touch causes us to understand there is a God and he is coming soon, amen. This is real. I feel something in my spirit, amen. Amen. You say, well, pastor, I just don't feel that. Well, get down in the altar a little more. Get to praying a little more because seasons are refreshing is here, amen. Look with me in in Ezekiel chapter 37. We've read this for the last three Sundays now, two Sundays, so you ought to know this by now. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. He caused me to pass by them on all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed, they were very dry. He said to me, "'Son of man, can these bones live?' And I answered, "'O Lord, God, you know.'" Again, he said to me, "'Prophesy to these bones, and say to them, "'O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord.'" Thus says the Lord God to these bones, "'Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. I will put sinews on you, and bring flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you'll know that I am the Lord.'" So I prophesied as I was commanded, and I prophesied, and there was a noise, and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews of the flesh came upon them, and the sin covered over them, and there was, but there was no breath in them. Also he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O oh, breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. And so I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived. And they stood upon their feet an exceedingly great army. Amen. They stood upon their feet an exceedingly great army. You can probably say that this particular chapter right here was probably one of the greatest revivals in all of history. <laughs> The Lord brought these dead, dry bones back to life. I mean, at least you're breathing this morning. At least I'm not preaching to dry bones this morning. Amen. You've got breath in your body. And you've got blood circulating through your veins. And so we know that hopefully this morning there's nobody dead here today. Amen. You're alive today. But probably we can say that this was the greatest revival in history. It's not just the healing of bodies. I want you to understand that. Or a church catching on fire again. Or an event or an organization or even a denomination being on refired, if you will. All through the history of the church, at at different times and at different places, there have been great revivals that we've talked about a little bit a while ago that has had a tremendous impact on you and I, tremendous impact on our communities and, and even nations and even societies that has been changed and transformed as a result of God sending revival fire. But I'm, I'm going to tell you this morning, there's been no revival that has ever equaled the depth and the width of this revival in Ezekiel 37. What does that mean, pastor? That means if the Lord can get a bunch of bones to come back together. If the Lord can put flesh upon their bones. If the Lord can get the knee bone to attach to the leg bone and the thigh bone and the arm bone and all of these bones come back together and they'll have life, I think the Lord probably can touch us. He ain't got half as much work with us. At least he shouldn't have. Hello? I mean, these was dead bones. These were dry bones. This entire nation was raised from the dead in one day. And the reason I want to draw your attention to this today is that this mighty revival is to show you the awesome, omnipotent resurrection power of the Holy Spirit today, amen. The reason this is so important to you and I today is because God has not changed from Ezekiel's day until today. He's no respecter of persons of people. He's no respecter of race. He's no respecter respecter of country. He's no respecter of nation. It does not matter to God or to me if you're rich or poor, if you're educated or uneducated, if you're young or if you're old, if you're black or if you're white. The point I want you to understand is that the same Holy Ghost power that blew the breath of God in Ezekiel's boneyard that day and produced the greatest revival in history is the same Holy Ghost that is moving through the church today and is blowing revival Revival fires and a refreshing in our midst today. We'll give him praise. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Psalms 85, David asked the question, Lord, will thou not revive us again? Will thou not revive us again that thy people may rejoice in thee? Lord, will you not cause something to happen? In other words, Amen. will you not revive us again, Lord? Will you not move us from our complacency? Will you not move us from the place that we're at? Will you not move us from the past that we seem to be staying in all the time? Will you not God cause something to take place that revives us again? Yeah. Sort of seems like a good question, doesn't it, for the hour that we live in? I mean, you got crime rampant that's everywhere in much of the church. A lot of times it's grown cold. Much of the church a lot of times has grown lazy and indifferent. And as you look around you, you wonder, can God do anything with this group of people? Can God do anything in the midst of all of this? Can God do anything in the midst of this political season? Can God do anything with our nation yet one more time? Can God not revive a nation and bring this nation back to repentance? Amen. Amen. I don't know about you, but the God that I serve, he can do that. He's still on the throne. He's still more than able today. He still has the power to blow his breath upon a body of people, and you and I come alive. Hallelujah. Lord, revive us again. Can he do it, Pastor? Oh, yes, he can. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. By the same wind that he blew on that valley of dry bones, he blew through the upper room one day at Pentecost. You remember that story, right? The Bible says tongues of fire set upon each one of them. Yes, he can by the power of the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost and fire that produces revival in you and I today. It's the Holy Ghost that revives you and I today. It's the Holy Ghost that restores us today, Amen. Amen, Listen to me. You can have a most beautiful church there ever was. You can have the most talented singers that there ever was. You can have the most educated preachers that there ever was. You can have the central heat and central air, the best that you can buy. You can have padded pews for somebody to come and sit on. You can have the doors that are working properly like they're supposed to. You can have a sound system and the media system to the top notch. It's everything. But if you ain't got the power of the Holy Ghost, you ain't got nothing. If you ain't got God moving in your midst, it's dead formality. If you don't have the presence and the power of Almighty God, you ain't got nothing. For you English teachers, I know ain't is not proper. But if you ain't got it, you ain't got nothing. Amen. Amen. Why do you say that, Pat? Because it's the anointing that revives us. It's the anointing of God that breaks the yoke. It's the anointing of God that breaks the chains that has you bound today. It's the anointing of God that can give you the answers to your questions. It's the anointing of God that can take you from point A and put you to point B where you need to be. Amen. You take a look at Ezekiel chapter 37, we can see this awesome power of God that's resurrecting this awesome power that's healing and restoring we can see God putting broken things back together we can see hope that's coming to hopeless situations we can see that there is no problem as long as God is in control there is no situation there is no condition that's too hard for God the Bible tells us for with God all things are possible hallelujah and all things are possible unto them that believe how many believers we got in the house today because all all things are possible to him that believe. You can look and you can find the power of God to heal and restore and to mend and to make new is greater than the devil's power to kill, steal, and to destroy. Who are you serving today? Who are you trusting in today? Who are you leading on today? Is it the devil? Is it this world? Is it your bank account? Gonna tell you those things will take you out and those things will let you down. But if you lean on the Lord Jesus Christ, He has promised to sustain you and to keep you to keep you moving, amen hallelujah we know the bible says that Jesus even told us this in John 10 and 10 the the thief comes to steal the thief comes to kill the thief comes to destroy but I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly, amen so this morning I came to tell you and let you know that dry bones can live again Dry bones can live again. The Lord has been showing us over these last few Sundays that dry bones are going to live again. Amen. It doesn't matter what the devil has done. It doesn't matter how bad the situation's got. It doesn't matter how bad the condition is because my God is greater. Amen. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. There's no sickness he can't heal. There's no bondage he can't break. There's no addiction he can't deliver. There's no sin that he can't save you from. There's no relationship. There's there's no marriage that he can't restore there's no pit that he can't pull you out of david said he lifted me up out of the horrible pit and he set my feet on a rock and he established my going well as anybody in the house today give him praise today because the god i serve is the one that's going to establish my going well hallelujah thank you lord thank you lord thank you jesus Oh, hallelujah. Can he do it, Pastor? Yes, he can. Lord, revive us again. Lord, revive us again. Amen. Revive us again. Ezekiel looks at this valley of bones. You ought to know this. and preached to you last two Sundays about it. He looked at them since the suit, and they were dead. He looked at them, and they were dry. He looked at them, and they were broken. I mean, the old foot bone was over here, and the leg bone was over here. Bones wasn't even together. Sort of sounds like the church sometimes. Mm. Yes, it is. (laughs) I'll agree with you. (laughs) We come and we sit in the same room. And we can't get along. And we wonder why God can't touch us. Bones that need to be mended. Issues that we've had going on in the past can't be mended. And we wonder why God can't bless us and take care of His church. He looks at these bones, they're dry, they're broken, they're scattered. They represent brokenness. They represent fears. They represent hopelessness. They represent confusion. They represent sickness. They represent diseases. They represent humanity that is not living to their potential. Amen. And he sums it all up in one category. And he says they were very dry. They were very dry. You know what spiritual dryness means? It just simply means that you are in need of the presence and the power of Almighty God. You ain't got God's presence living in you. You don't have God's presence that's, that's attached to your life. Can I tell you, there's somebody may be here today that's suffering from the condition, this medical condition called dry bone syndrome. Yeah. You may be sitting here today, you've got dry bone syndrome. You may clap your hands, but you're still dry. You may even lift your hand, but you're still dry. You may come and sit on the pew and give your tithe, but you're still dry. You ain't felt God's Spirit in a long, long time. You ain't felt the presence of God in a long, long time. Matter of fact, you ain't shed a tear in a long, long time. And God has told me to tell you today, I don't know where you are. But I know that you may be here and I know that you may be listening to me. I know that in many ways it seems like that everything is going good in your life but there's at least one or more area in your life that is dry and causing you a great deal of pain and causing you a great deal of discomfort. In other words, there's some area in your life that you need the power of Almighty God to flow into your life and bring restoration to you and bring healing to you and bring deliverance to you. You need the rest resurrection power of almighty God to bring life into that dry bone syndrome. You need the medicine of almighty God. You need the presence of almighty God. You need his power and his anointing to come rest upon you. Amen. Say, Pastor, what are you doing? I didn't come here to analyze you today. I didn't come here to criticize you today. I came to encourage you today. I came to speak to those dry bone places in your life. I came to release the power of God into those valley places in your life. I came to tell you that the dry bone specialist is in the house, and it ain't me. It's Almighty God. It's Jesus Christ that can minister to your every need. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Can he do it? Yes, he can do it. Lord, can you revive us again? Yes, Lord. You can revive us again. You ain't got to leave like you came. The old song we used to sing, you may be lost, sick, broken, confused, oppressed, bound, afflicted, whatever else. You ain't got to leave like you came because he's here today. He didn't come here just to diagnose your problem. Oh, Lord, help me right here now. Some of us like our dry bone syndrome. We like telling everybody how bad we got it. You ever met anybody when, when you talk to them, maybe if you're sick. Let me just use this example here, and, and then I want you to equate it spiritually. Somebody come up to you and say, how are you feeling today? You say, well, I've, I haven't been feeling real good, but you know, I'm getting better. And it always goes back to how bad they've got it. You ever met anybody like that? It's not about you. They don't, they don't really care how you feel. They're just asking you that so they can get back to their issue. Talk about their issue. You say, Pastor, there's people like that? Oh, yeah. They love for you to send them card, get well cards. They love for you to call them on the telephone. They love for you to talk about how bad they got it because it makes them feel so, like something. I don't know what kind of condition that's called. Crazy syndrome. Is that all right? Self syndrome. Yeah, thank you. Well, that, but that's how we are. But can I tell you that, that the Lord is here today. He didn't come to diagnose your problem. He came to deliver you in your problem. He came to set you free in your problem today. He didn't come here just to medicate you. Ooh. It is good. He didn't come just to medicate you. He didn't come just to have you to take a little pill. And everything's going to be all right, spiritually speaking. He didn't come to have you come down to the altar and cry a few little crocodile tears and go home and everything's going to be all right. He has come to deliver you. Somebody say deliver. That means take care of it. Take care of the problem. Take care of the situation. Amen. Hallelujah. These bones came together bone to bone. Jesus the healer came together. The miracle worker came together. He's a baptizer in the the Holy Ghost and with power. And when that happened, when they blew up on, these bones came together. Muscle came upon these bones. Flesh came upon. Skin came upon. But listen to me. The Bible says even though all of that took place, they were still dead. They had no life in them. They were all dressed up and nowhere to go. They were all fixed up, as it were, but nowhere to go. They were looking good. Boy, I hope some of you all are getting this. They were looking good. They were looking the part. They were looking churchy. They were looking like they had the goods. They had the nice suit of clothes on. They had the bling bling on. They had it going. They were looking the part. They had it all together as it were, but they were still dead. They were still dead. Dead bones and dry bones are not much different. They can't help themselves and they can't help nobody else. They can't do it. The difference is those who are dead in sin and trespasses doesn't know what true life really is. They've never been quickened and made alive by the Spirit. On the other hand, dry bones at one time has experienced life. They were raised from the dead. They had the joy of the Lord. They had liberty. They had freedom. They had peace. They knew the presence and the power of the Holy Ghost and with power, but they lost it somewhere along the line. And I'm not even going to take time to go back go into that rabbit trail. They lost it for some reason. They didn't look at me right. They didn't call me right. They didn't sing my favorite song. The color of the carpet is wrong. The walls are the, is, is wrong color. It can be all kinds of things. They lost it somewhere. They let the anointing leak out and they let their lamps go out and they drifted away from the presence of the Lord. They became worldly. They became selfish. They became pleasure seekers instead of seeking the presence of Almighty God. But the good news is this morning it does not matter whether you are dead or whether you're dry. There's still hope for you today. Amen. There's still hope for you and I today. It does not matter if you're lukewarm. It does not matter if you're dry. It does not matter if you're cold. It does not matter if you've never known the Lord. It doesn't matter if you're a backslider or you've walked away from the Lord or if you're sitting right here as a faithful singer and a tender and tithe payer but dry. There's no joy. There's no peace. There's no fire. There's no passion. There's no anointing. I've got the same answer for you. is that Jesus Christ loves you and he wants to give you the power and the presence of Almighty God back into your life. He wants to heal you where you hurt. He wants to restore your joy. He wants to restore your peace. He wants to send the same Holy Ghost and fire that came in the valley of dry bones and caused them to come back together. Every one of us, if we were if we were, if, we were, if we we're truthful with ourselves, we've all had broken places in our lives. We've all had suffered loss in some way or another. We've all went through dry places and dark places, and painful places, and confusing places. We've all had attacks on our joy. We've all had attacks on our peace. We've all had attacks on our minds, and our bodies, and our emotion. And in those places, you got to decide, am I going to keep moving on, or am I going to quit? The Lord didn't quit. He doesn't quit. Ecclesiastes, in another chapter, tells us there's a time for everything, Right? Season, time for everything, for living, for laughing, for crying, all those things. But there's one thing that there's, no, that there's no time for. You can't find it in Ecclesiastes anywhere. There ain't no time for quitting. Now, some of y'all need to get this. I'm telling you, you need to get it. There's a time to live. There's a time to die. There's a time to laugh. There's a time to mourn. There's a time to rejoice. There's a time, all of these things that Ecclesiastes talks about. But I never find there's no time for quitting. Ain't no time for quitting. No matter what you're going through, you got to decide I ain't going to quit. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to quit i ain't going to quit going to church i'm not going to quit pra- I'm not. I'm not, I'm not going to quit praising I'm, gonna, I'm not going to quit hoping I'm not going to quit expecting I'm not going to quit knowing that I know that I know that I know that God is still on my side I know he ain't given me the answer yet I know my solution has not arrived yet but I'm going to stand firm as old brother Job and God even though you slay me, just take me out but I'm still going to trust you amen. Now listen to me, church. You can't just listen to me this morning and decide that. You've got to decide that in yourself. The Lord can tell you that. I can preach about that. I can stand up here and holler all day long, but it ain't going to do nothing to give me a sore throat. You've got to decide in yourself. I don't care what comes my way. I am not going to quit what I know to be right. If you've been coming to church on Wednesday night, you've been understanding we've been doing a study in Colossians. The Apostle Paul has been talking to this group of folk he ain't never seen before. Matter of fact, he's writing this letter while he's in jail. He just heard about those things doing good. He heard about this group of folks that was just doing good. And he wanted to write and encourage them because he had also heard there's some things that come along down the line that they were listening to they shouldn't have been listening to some false teachers that had come along, some, some, some wrong kind of information that they received. And Paul said, listen to me, church, what you have received, stay with it. That thing that was good, stay with it, hang with it. Don't lose fact of knowing that God is still God and God is still on your side. Matter of fact, I can tell you the same thing this morning. We already know what's right. I ain't got to preach about what's right and wrong. You know that already. Teenagers know that. Little kids know that. Yeah, they do. You ain't got to teach them nothing about right and wrong. They know it. Yeah, they do. You take them one of them little, little fellas, and they'll do something. Some of you that's got young kids, you know what I'm talking about. They'll do something that you've told them not to do, and they'll, they'll do something, they'll go. The other day we was FaceTiming with Ella at the house. Me and Karen was, and Adam had told Ella not to go in the bedroom and get something. I don't know what it was, soap or something. I don't know. She was coming back to to show me and Karen. And Adam said, don't go get that. So she run to the bedroom and she. They know. They know what's right and wrong. I don't have to preach to you about that. But sometimes we act like we don't know it. We act like everything's all right. We act like sometimes we've justified everything enough. We've identified ourselves with the world long enough. We've listened to what the world's Bible says and not his Bible. We've listened to the voices that comes across our television set. And we allow the television to raise our children. And then we wonder why after 17 and 18 years we try to get them back into the house of God. Listen to me, Amadeus. Oh, that ain't going to work. I'm sorry. You got to start when they're young you got to start when they're young. I don't care how insignificant it may seem. Start while they're young. Start while they're young. When they can't even talk, you've got to start it. Matter of fact, I'm a big believer in starting even before they come out of the womb. Speak to them. Pray over them. Sing songs of Zion to them. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't allow them to get dry. Don't allow them to get dead. This is not a parenting message, but I've got I to say this. and. Don't ask your six-year-old if they want to go to church or not. I don't remember Daddy ever asking me if I wanted to go to church. And I can tell you right now, from experience, there's sometimes I didn't want to go. I'll just be honest with you. I didn't like some of the people that was there at the church as a kid growing up. Now, this is, this is not my message, but let me, do, let me stop here long enough to explain something to you. I didn't like how they treated my mom and Daddy. And I didn't want to go. I didn't want to put on a, to put on a face to them. And you shake your hand. When you've slandered my mom and dad. And I've heard about it from other kids. But I don't remember him asking me if I wanted to go or not. He just said, let's go. Let's go. That's just, what we, that's, just, uh, just what, that's just what you do. But now, we ask our kids if they want to go. And if something's going on. And I'm, I'm going to get in trouble right here. I already know it, but so that's okay. I, I get irritated sometimes at our school systems because they plan events around church time and in, in the middle of church. Ball games. All, and I'm not, I'm not opposed to ball games. Don't get me wrong. I love going to ball games. I love watching all that stuff. I love it. But we've missed something somewhere as parents not standing up and say, Look, I'm not bringing my kid because he's going, this is more important. If we would have learned along now, I don't know if we can break it now. I, I'm not sure if we can because we've allowed it to go on so long. But if way back yet or somewhere, if we'd just sit up and say, Look, coach, I love you. and You may love old brother Johnny here that's your star player, but he ain't coming on this game. We got church time. And his relationship with the Lord is that much more important. Yes. Is that all right? Amen. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to quit praising i got to be a fighter. That's our options. We can either, we can either be a fighter or we can quit be a quitter and let life, let the devil, let hell beat you up and break your bones and leave you out to dry. Right. But we've got a we decision we got to make. Or we can throw our head back. We can, we can square our shoulders up. We can look the devil in the eyeball and tell him, Hey, devil, just letting you know I ain't no quitter. Bring what you want to, but I'm not going to quit on God. I'm not going to quit on the Lord. The three Hebrew boys, they could have easily quit if they were faced with a fire. What would you have done? Heat up the fire seven times hotter. Matter of fact, the old boys that threw these three boys in there, they died because the fire was so hot. But then all the little three little fellas, they walked in there, they began to, go, began to walk around. old king looked in there and said, Hey, didn't we throw three in? Because there's four in there. And that fourth one looks like to me, Now, he didn't claim to be saved. I want you to understand, he's a heathen. He didn't claim to be anything. But Brother Adam, at least he even knew. That fourth guy looks like to me the Son of God. The fourth man looks like the Son of God. They could have easily quit when they were thrown, but they didn't. Joseph could have easily quit. He was betrayed by his brothers. He was falsely accused by Potiphar's wife. He was thrown into the prison, but he did not quit because God had a plan for his life. He may not understood what was out there, but God understood, and he held on to what God told him to, to hang on. Paul and Silas could have easily quit as well. They could have given up on God. They could have given up on their ministry. They could have even been been angry at God and angry with people and fallen into self-pity but instead along about midnight instead of quitting they got to a turning place and they began to sing the song that got them out of jail it loosed all their shackles it changed everything matter of fact even the prison guard gave his heart to the Lord and his family I came to tell you this morning I believe we're living in a season right now that the wind is blowing again hallelujah I believe we're living in a season that the fire is falling. I believe we're living in a season that there's resurrection power. I believe we're living in a season that there's resurrection life in the house right now. Amen. And I ain't just talking about this house. I'm talking about your house as well. Amen. Keep trusting in him. Don't quit on God. Hang. On with the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't let him go. Hold on to him in the name of Jesus. If you'll just tell the devil right now, I'm not a quitter. I'm not a quitter devil. I'm not a quitter. When, I, you, when you make that decision, I'm not going to quit, then you're going to make room for the power and the presence of Almighty God to come and take place where that where that thought of, be, of quitting that was. Get rid of the quitting attitude. Look at your neighbor and say, Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. There's power that you can resist. The enemy, I don't care what you've done. I don't care what the devil's done. I don't care how bad it looks. I don't care how bad it feels. Listen to me, church. I, I, know, I know we make these statements, but listen to me. Don't, don't take this for granted. God will raise it from the dead if he has to. God will raise it from the dead. Whatever it is that's plaguing you. Whatever it is that's dead in your life. God can raise it from the dead. If you'll just let him. Amen. He can blow life back into you. Why? Because he's the God of a resurrection. He's the God of a restoration. He's the God that can bring back to life. Amen. Revival is his business. What are you talking about, pastor? Yeah, revival is his business. He'll revive your health. He'll revive your joy. He'll revive your your peace. He'll revive your marriage. He'll revive your dream. He'll revive your mind. He'll revive your emotions. He'll revive your finances. And they stood on their feet, the Bible says, an exceedingly great army when the breath of God blew into their bones give life back to them he blew the breath of God into them and those bones that once was laying there that was nothing those bones that was once was laying there that was dry that was dead has come back together had connected themselves together God put flesh and sinews and muscle and tendons and veins and all of those things sister Mavis back on these bones and now they've got the breath of almighty God god and they were an exceedingly great army hallelujah Hallelujah. lord can you revive us again oh yeah lord can you restore one more time oh yeah lord can you bring back to life that that was dead in me oh yeah you better believe it yes he can i just want to know today all over this house how many would lift up your hand and say hey pastor i need revival today I need, I need revival today. I need restoration in my life today. I need God to restore today. Amen. I need God to revive. I need God to heal. I need God to resurrect me in my, in my health, in my marriage, in my ministry, my family, my soul, my dreams, and on and on we can go. I believe he can do it. I believe he can do it. When you settle in your mind, and this is something you got to do. God can do a lot of things, but you've got to do some things. You get it settled in your mind. Lord, I, I'm, I'm changing today. My outlook is going to be brighter today. My focus is not going to be on my dead stuff anymore. It's going to be feeling the breath of God blowing on me. It's fixing to be springtime. I don't know about you, but I love the spring of the year. And, Carla, I like it when it's real warm. I can roll down the window, you know, that, that, that air that will blow in on you. You know how good that feels sometimes when you're going down the road? Or you're just sitting out in a, in a lawn chair, and all of a sudden that air would just blow on you, how good it makes you feel. Can I tell you something? That the breath of God is even more than that when he blows on you. He wants to revive you today. He wants to restore you today. With all heads bowed and eyes closed, real quick, I just want to ask very simply, if you're here today, and you need, you need revival in your heart. You need God to come and do something in your life today. I want to ask you, to get up out of that seat right to where you're sitting and come down to this altar. You can kneel, you can stand, whatever the case may be. No, you don't have to come. I'm not saying you've got to come, but I'm going to tell you, there's something powerful to that. That when you get up and you make a decision. Hey, devil, i just going to let you know, I don't care what man says. I don't care what my neighbor says. I don't care what my spouse says or my kid says. I'm going To be revived today, that I want you to come. I want you to come in the name of Jesus. Father, I ask you right now to touch. I ask you right now to restore. I ask you right now to heal, to set free. God, work in our minds today. Clear it up in the name of Jesus. Restore our thoughts today. Restore our kind of thinking that we need today as we think upon you. I'm coming today, Lord. I'm coming. I'm making a decision today. I'm coming to be lifted up today. I'm coming to be restored today in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I want to ask you to stand all over this house in the balcony, this floor. And while you stand if, if some has already come but if you're if you're still there I want you to come and join these in this altar today come and join these in this altar seek the lord today let him restore you today let him restore you today in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus do it father do it father do it father do it father hallelujah